The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. And good morning to you. The phone number remains 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Man, do we have a lot of news for you, including... Some bad news regarding COVID. A lot of people saying, well, here we go again. China, this is going to be my take. China is unleashing COVID yet again on the world. The details straight ahead on that. Of course, we also have a number of other stories to tell you about, including the latest on Title 42 and the reprieve there. What is coming up next? The discussion over Dr. Anthony Fauci and the battle between he and Elon Musk That is coming up as well. Just a lot of stories to tell you about uh, this morning here on Red Eye Radio. Again, the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. By the way, Gary and Eric, they will be returning uh, next Tuesday morning here on Red Eye Radio. So what is going on with COVID? Now, I do realize that often enough we hear these stories of new variants. We hear these stories of a danger lurking in China, and you never really know what is going on in that very secretive nation. But here's what we do know, is that in China it does look like COVID is back with a vengeance. I'm going to tell you why. The president, uh, the Biden administration, they are now responding. And again, this is where a lot of folks are saying, well, here we go again. Flight restrictions. Chinese travelers are going to have to test negative to be let into America. Now, that tells you that the Biden administration and the powers that be, they are taking this incredibly seriously. This is from the Daily Mail. The Biden administration will require... Airline passengers traveling from China to test negative for COVID before entering the U.S. As concern grows that widespread transmission of the virus in the world's most populative, uh, populous and secretive nation could result in new variants. And so now we have this big worry and people are really stressing out over what could be next. There are some people that are actually saying that we could end up back at square one with the coronavirus. Now, before you start really freaking out, I'm also going to tell you there's people that are also saying 
Yeah, not so much. As usual, there's a lot of uh, disagreement. But what they're saying is airline passengers flying through the Incheon International Airport in South Korea, as well as Toronto Pearson and Vancouver International Airports in Canada, will also need to test negative for COVID before heading to the U.S. if they were in China 10 days beforehand. Now, what they say is that these three airports cover the overwhelming majority of travelers whose trips originated in China but have connecting flights to the U.S., according to the CDC. Here's what else they say. The recent rapid increase in transmission in China increases the potential for new variants emerging. According to the CDC, the U.S. is taking proactive steps to protect the public's health and be on the alert for new COVID variants as the situation in China unfolds according to the CDC. Now, I I believe that we all know that uh, (laughs) President Joe Biden, when Donald Trump did this exact thing back in 2020, Biden said the coronavirus emanated from China, a national emergency, uh, you know, worldwide alerts. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it. Mm hmm. That he is going to act rationally about it. Right. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of the president is most needed, as he explains what we should and should not do. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia, to uh, and fear. So, in other words, you've got Biden, who was critical, very critical of Donald Trump when he did the same thing back in 2020 Biden is doing it now and by the way I don't know if you're if you paid real close attention to that audio bite but you know even back during the campaign Joe Biden sounded incredibly tired and it's only getting worse so there's that there is the hypocrisy issue now I will tell you that eventually Joe Biden did come come around and, and the Biden administration did have to admit that Donald Trump was right in putting in these flight restrictions as COVID was exploding in China. So now the question is, because you'll recall back when all of this was going on in 2020, that the media was all in, all in agreement on what Joe Biden was saying. And many others on the left, by the way, which was that the president, uh, President Trump, was engaged in xenophobia. Well, now here we are with the Democrats doing the same damn thing. It'll be interesting to see if the uh, Democrats and, and the mainstream media criticize Joe Biden as being xenophobic. Now, here's what's going on with COVID. Well, I wish I could tell you, but I don't know. Nobody knows because of the secrecy that's going on in China. But see, here's the thing. They know in China that they do have a COVID problem. They had this zero COVID policy in China for years, but they finally realized that they had to unleash the people. I mean, they had people locked into their homes. They had people locked into these buildings. And there were these massive quarantines. How seriously, stupidly seriously, 
did China take their zero COVID policy? They actually locked people in their homes. I want you to imagine a building that is like an apartment building. If one person ended up with COVID, they would quarantine the entire building. At one point, they were welding people, locking people into these apartment buildings. Then, tragically, a building caught on fire and a bunch of people died. And so in China, if you, if you don't know the story, they started to have uprisings. And the people in China said, no more. And President Xi Jinping, worried about his power, said, OK, it's time to embrace at least some freedom. And so now that the people in China are experiencing some freedoms with more to come, COVID has also been unleashed. And now they're seeing new strains. Their vaccines, by the way, were produced in China. And the vaccines, I'm just going to be honest with you, they weren't great. So that means that the people in China, they're barely vaccinated. They've been shut in so long, so they don't have natural immunity to a COVID buildup or, frankly, immunity to anything after all of these years of shutdowns. Now, apparently, word is the hospitals and the funeral homes are all being overrun in China with these new cases. You've got another story, by the way, about how China's elite are stockpiling Pfizer's Paxlovid, the antiviral drug. So, in other words, things are not good in China. And here's something that is not necessarily a shock because China's always been secretive. They've stopped telling the rest of the world about their COVID issues. So we don't know about the strains. We don't know about the symptoms. We don't know about the transmission. You know who knows? China. And they're not telling anyone. There's been pretty much a media blackout. So we don't know what's going on. Testing has also decreased across China, and it's unclear what variants are circulating on the mainland because they won't give out any information. And I don't even know what information they have. But if they're not going to give us any information, they've done this before. The first go-around. Remember this issue about how secretive China is. They won't share the information. That is going on yet again from the Daily Mail. This is a quote. It echoes the situation in early 2020 where China was reluctant to inform the world of the true scale of the virus's outbreak. By the time the U.S. did close travel from China in early February of that year, thousands of potentially infected passengers had already made it into the United States. Well, I've got bad news for you, friends. Whatever is going on in China, it's more than likely already here. So China just allowed their citizens to travel abroad. This just happened. So according to Trip.com, they show that the people that are fleeing China and visiting other nations, where where are they going? They're going to Japan. They're going to South Korea. They're going to Thailand. Malaysia, Australia, and other nations, including America. So again, what happens when they what, fly to South Korea? 
then they want to fly here to perhaps get around the testing. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that would all work, but it's just a question because we've seen this before. But the big question is, and there's a lot of questions here, the big question is this. The testing policy begins on January 5th. It is now the morning of the 29th. So in other words, the Biden administration says, hey, we've got a great idea. We've got this COVID once again rampaging through China. We have no idea how bad it is, how contagious it is. We don't know anything. So we're going to put flight restrictions on people coming in from China. But it doesn't start until January 5th. So people can fly in from China if they want and not be tested. So this whole point is is a moot point because it's already, I believe it's already here. So now you have all of these people that can come into America right now with no testing, which means these variants are, again, already here or will be in the coming days. You got around 75 flights that arrived in the U.S. from Beijing alone between December 26th and the 28th. Upwards of 250 flights from China's capital may already have reached the U.S. before the order goes into effect. So the question for Joe Biden is, if you're really trying to protect America, why are you waiting until January 5th? for this uh, testing to start. Another story related to this, by the way, in Italy, there's this headline from Yahoo.com. Milan is reporting 50% of passengers on flights from China have COVID. So Italy is going to have rampant COVID cases as well. People in Italy are going to then be coming here. It's like deja vu all over again. So now what they're doing in Italy is they're sequencing these tests to see if these new variants are coming from China, what these variants are, what's involved in these variants. And if a new strain is found, how can they possibly combat that new strain? In Germany, you've got health officials closely watching the situation in China. They also talk about the U.K. and how the U.K. at some point today, they're going to announce whether or not they'll be imposing their own COVID-19 restrictions for arrival from China, including requiring tests for the coronavirus, according to The Telegraph, like they'll be doing here in America beginning on January 5th. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. There's a lot more. 866-907-3339. Got a lot more straight ahead. My name is Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. It pays to have a tire maintenance routine, especially during the winter driving season. Between black ice and heavy snowfall, winter weather can impact your tires and your productivity in a number of ways. Here's a tire maintenance tip to help you avoid downtime and roll safely through winter. Check your tire pressure during every pre-trip inspection and make sure they're properly inflated according to the manufacturer's recommendations. Cold weather naturally causes tire pressure to decrease and underinflated tires can wear faster and impact your fuel efficiency. 
Maintaining proper tire pressure is essential to maximizing the performance, safety, and lifespan of truck tires. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. You can find out more about me, by the way, on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. So I played this audio bite for you in the first segment. Going to replay it again just because it's so easy to criticize the current president as he was criticizing the former president, as COVID was beginning to rampage back in 2020 and uh, former President Donald Trump put in those restrictions, those testing requirements for people coming in from China. And Joe Biden at the time said that it was xenophobic. Coronavirus emanated from China. A national emergency, uh, you know, worldwide alerts. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it. Uh-huh that he is going to act rationally about it. Right. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of the president is most needed. Right. As he explains what we should and should not do. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia to uh, and fear. My- so you've got a, a, you know, guy, Joe Biden, who really you can barely comprehend what he's saying. But it's amazing because when you look at Biden through the lens of of today and what we know about Joe Biden today. And then you look back on that quote, you think, wow, what a different perspective we have. Listen to this one part of the quote again. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it, that he is going to act rationally about it. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of president is most needed. So let's talk about the credibility of Joe Biden, shall we? Because related to COVID, we know because of the Twitter files, his silencing of those who had opinions counter to Dr. Anthony Fauci and his administration. So I don't believe that Joe Biden has a lot of credibility. He forced Americans to get vaccinated and told us we would not get COVID if we got the vaccine. But we did. His administration deliberately targeted those who expressed concerns about his policies of lockdowns and masks and vaccine mandates and so forth. Destroyed their credibility, destroyed their careers and destroyed their lives. That is not a conspiracy theory. That is a fact. He accused these same scientists of wanting to kill people. His administration worked tirelessly to stifle anything counter to his demands. And social media and the mainstream media followed suit. Joe Biden to this day refuses to hold China accountable, refuses to even ask the question about what happened or what's going on right now in China, where COVID came from, and why China won't participate or cooperate 
in any kind of investigation. So I'm sorry, but, you know, when when Biden talks about credibility and the rest of that, well, from today's standards, that quote from 2020 takes on a whole new meaning. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of president is most needed. Well, I guess the question would be, how much credibility do you think that Joe Biden has right about now, given what we've seen over the last three years? And certainly over the last two years since Joe Biden took office. Phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Coming up uh, later on in the radio program, the war on merit in America. It really is escalating, and I've got the story to prove it. And um, to me, this is one of the most important stories of the day, the morning. Uh, Ukraine has a new partner as they look to rebuild. And it's an awfully swampy situation, especially when it comes to Joe Biden and influence peddling. All of that straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. I want to say hello to Phil calling from Fredericksburg, Virginia on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Phil, how are you? Hey, uh, Happy New Year to everyone. The Communist Chinese are uh, giving us a brand new present for the new year with their covid that they're sending all over the world. And I just wanted to say that I, for one, don't want to hear anything what this government of ours has to say or our media has to say about how we need to be afraid of this COVID when they have a southern border that's wide open like a barn door and nobody's being checked. And I'm not going to put my mask back on and I'm not going to get my jab and I'm not going to have businesses closed and I'm not going to close churches. And I'm not going to close convenience stores just because you people are showing me how much I have to be scared about this by having the entire bottom end of the country wide open. So well, that's it, what I think about this whole mess. Okay, Phil, thank you very much, and I appreciate the call. One of the things, and I was talking to somebody about this earlier, and if you missed the first uh, part of this hour, well, I, I just talked about uh, China. And how there's COVID now happening in China yet again. They've unleashed their people. You know, one of the things that I would say, and, and uh, this guy touched on it that just called, uh, Phil uh, from Virginia just uh, called. And he, he mentioned that, you know, China is unleashing COVID on um, the world again. He, he is right. I mentioned this during the monologue. I, I sort of touched on, touched on it, but glossed over it. Isn't it interesting that... Now that it seems like COVID is rampaging through China yet again as they begin to open back up, they have also decided to allow their people to travel more extensively. Because remember, in China, they've been locked down with this zero COVID policy. You had to have a really good reason to travel. And so the travel outside of China was rather minimal. 
But now they're opening back up. They know darn right well. I mean, clearly, obviously, that they've got COVID issues. And so what does China do? Number one, they don't tell anybody what is actually happening there in China regarding COVID. They won't tell us about the strain. They won't tell us about how easily it's transmitting. They won't tell us how lethal it is. They won't tell us anything. And remember that had we known more about COVID from the very beginning, had China told us more about COVID from the very beginning instead of being so secretive about it, could have saved thousands of lives, billions, trillions of dollars in economy across the world. And now they're literally doing it again. Some people will say it sounds like China is utilizing COVID again like a biological weapon. Well, think about it. So if it's true, and we don't know if it is, but if it's true that the funeral homes and the hospitals and the rest of this is, uh, you know, the hospitals and the funeral homes are filling up in China, and this is, as some reporting, is more deadly, and we don't know if that's true, but that means that China is unleashing a biological weapon on the rest of the world, just like they did the first go-round. Yet they refuse to participate in any kind of investigations. We still don't know, officially, where COVID came from, and we don't have any, any information on how it began, how it started. China has all the answers, but they won't tell us. Now, with all of that to, to say, all of that to say that we really don't know if the reporting that we're hearing out of China is accurate. So I don't want you to panic. My a couple of more thoughts on that coming up, though. I want to speak to uh, Jerry calling from Nashville. Hey, Jerry, you're on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Long time fan and long time fan of yours in Nashville. You're always on point, and you're always uh, covering the outrage and the hypocrisy of the left. And uh, that first caller, I tell you, he hit all the bases. So I just have one little thing to add to what he said. Someone put a very funny parody on Facebook with Joe Biden and the uh, the three stages there, and they put you know Hillary, Obama, and and uh, you know Biden, and uh, it was the birthday cake song. So I kind of uh, you know uh, changed it a little bit, and here it is. It's just a little rhyme, and it sums up your whole topic here to a T. It's, it goes like this. Trump warned you of COVID strains coming in from Chinese planes. If you let them come and go, don't forget Trump told you so. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, happy Jerry. I, I have a happy new year to you, too, and appreciate the call. Love that. And listen, where is he wrong? He's not wrong. And uh, he can carry a tune. It is, of course, Nashville, uh, Tennessee. So one of the things that I, I will say, and, and then I'm going to move on because there's a lot of things to talk about, is don't panic. Again, it is important to note that we have seen this kind of reporting before about new waves of COVID. And oftentimes they turn out to be not as bad as originally thought. Experts are split on how bad this could be. Because remember, 
unlike Dr. Anthony Fauci, who seems to think that following the science is his word and his word alone, science actually means that everybody has an opinion. You throw all those opinions into the mix and you try and figure out exactly what the truth is. That is what science actually is. But again, to me, we don't know how bad this can be. It could ultimately be nothing because we've seen this kind of hysterical reporting or frightful reporting before. We'll have to see ultimately what happens. Brian is in Portland, Oregon on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, what's up, man? Love your show. Thank you. Appreciate you contacting me. All I say, just keep pushing forward. Doesn't matter. Negative, positive, everything that's happening right now, do what you can. Keep on pushing forward. Am I correct? Well, you are correct. And, you know, what's interesting is, and I was going to finish the thought, um, that I had earlier, and that was with everything that we have learned regarding the overreaction of the U.S. government, well, of governments across the world, but the overreaction of the government from the first serious go-round of COVID where they shut everything down, you know, mask mandates and shutting of everything down, entire industries going by the wayside, I would think that we have learned enough to know that there's no possible way that we can shut down the country again. There's no possible way. But then again, of course, we know that for especially Democrats in power, there's a lot of stupidity out there. And we also know that in in our country, it's not just Democrats, it's government uh, by and large in this country, Republicans and Democrats. Of course, there are the obvious differences, but they make mistakes. And they tend to not learn from those mistakes. I mean, how often do we have to see the the amount of rampant spending that we do in this country over and over and over again? And we've been seeing the same mistakes made by our government over and over again. Guy brought up earlier the border and how we know that the border is clearly wide open. There are people in the government clearly saying that, no, it's closed, and everyone knows that they are absolutely wrong. So it would not surprise me, and I don't want to scare people, but it wouldn't surprise me if Biden and uh, the rest of the Democrats and the mainstream media did everything they could to try and push lockdowns and mandates. We'll have to see what happens. We'll keep you updated here on Red Eye Radio. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Do you like listening to Red Eye On Demand? We have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's... Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric this week. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. Uh, follow me if you would, and uh, that is on Facebook at Dan Mandis Show. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, both 
at Dan Mandis Show. By the way, I do host a morning show in Nashville on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can check that out 6 to 10 Eastern Time, 5 to 9 Central on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. Mark is in Missouri. Mark, thanks for calling Red Eye Radio. Go ahead, sir. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Dan. I really love your style. I really do. Hey, uh, a couple of things. I've been thinking about the border and Biden's complete disregard for it, and I can't help but connect Biden's corruption to the cartels. And I, I have to, I have to believe that there, there has to be some kind of connection between the money that the cartels are making and a kickback that they're giving the Biden crime family. I, I really think that there has, hmm. there, there, there's something with that. You know, I, they're yeah. just. It's just so blatant. Well, I, I, I will say this, that um, we all know that the Democrats, we all know what the Democrats say, which is never get a, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? So right, right. you really don't know. Wait till you hear, by the way, Mark, wait till you hear in the next hour if uh, folks can stay tuned. I will present to you a story that absolutely, in my opinion, absolutely proves what Mark is saying about Biden and corruption and never letting a uh, never letting a good crisis go to waste because uh, there is something going on out there in uh, the news cycle today that is very uh, swampy swampalicious I perhaps I could say and uh, we'll tell you about it coming up on Red Eye Radio it's all about the rebuilding of Ukraine and so as they're getting ready to rebuild Ukraine the Ukrainians, they're the President Zelensky, he is now partnering with a company. It's called BlackRock. Well, it's funny thing about this company, BlackRock, and I'm going to tell you more detail coming up in the next hour. Funny thing about BlackRock, though, there's a whole bunch of people that used to work in BlackRock that now work for Biden. And there's a whole bunch of people that used to work within the Democrat Party and the Obama White House that now work for BlackRock. So I'm going to tell you all about that straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. Now, there's something else going on, and I do find it interesting. It does have to do with COVID. Now, we all know what's going on with Elon Musk. We all know that Elon Musk has really been going after Dr. Anthony Fauci. And we also remember this statement by Dr. Fauci when he had had it up to here with the criticism that he was facing. And he said this to Chuck Todd. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science Uh because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people. And there was pushback against me. Right. So a couple of things that I would say is because you've got current John Pierre and other people saying that it is actually uh, dangerous. It is dangerous what you're doing. These these personal attacks on the good Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, first of all, I, I don't see anybody who is out there criticizing Dr. Anthony Fauci personally. They're criticizing his work. 
But that doesn't that doesn't stop Corinne Jean-Pierre from hyperventilating during the White House press briefing. These attacks, these personal attacks uh, that we have been seeing are dangerous uh, uh, on Dr. Fauci and other public health professionals as well. Uh, are, they are disgusting and they are divorced from uh, from reality. And uh, we will continue to call that out and be very clear uh, about that. Again, these are incredibly dangerous, these personal attacks that we are seeing. Well, again, I've just I've I've got to say. Somebody please show me where Dr. Anthony Fauci is being attacked personally. I mean, the criticism of Fauci has been all about his involvement with uh, COVID one way or another. You know, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the funding of gain of function research, the mask uh, mandates, the vaccine mandates, the lockdowns, the censorship that Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, was uh, involved with uh, related to Twitter and so forth. What was going on with people who were criticizing his policies and, and his attack on their credibility? All of these th- things should be up for debate. And he absolutely is not uh, he's not above reproach. And so for Corinne Jean-Pierre to somehow try to make this some sort of a a dangerous attack on Fauci or that there's people asking for him to be hurt or more is simply not true. We just want some accountability from Dr. Anthony Fauci and the Biden administration. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you being here. 866 Red Eye, 866 You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as well. Ukraine has a new partner in which they're going to rebuild that battered nation. Wait till you hear this story. Also coming up. The latest on illegal immigration, also the uh, Democrats over there on MSNBC talking about magnified Republicans and how magnified Republicans are just a little deranged. We're going to listen to that audio together and talk about that as well. Again, the phone number is 866-907-3339. So there is uh, a lot going on. As far as, again, the war on Ukraine, also what is going on with the battle against merit here in uh, our country. So all of these uh, stories and a whole lot more, again, straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. So there is a big story out there today that the majority of the media will not cover, but I'm going to. We all know what's going on with Ukraine. We all know that Ukraine is being absolutely battered. By Russia. Now, after the U.S. has given Ukraine billions and billions and billions of dollars to battle Russia, now it would appear they have a plan to rebuild with a company called BlackRock. Funny thing about BlackRock, 
is that they have a whole bunch of people affiliated with the Biden administration that are working within BlackRock and the Biden administration has a few folks that uh, used to work at BlackRock as well. In other words, this is a very swampy story and it all goes back to what seems to me to be like blatant corruption. Now, we already know that Ukraine is corrupt. In my opinion, we also know that Joe Biden and the Biden crime syndicate is also corrupt. But Ukraine is known as one of the most corrupt nations in the world. Everybody knows that. Well, many would also say that BlackRock is corrupt as well. Most certainly leftists in their ideology and investments will get to that. But when it was announced today that Vladimir Zelensky had spoken with the CEO of BlackRock and they've come up with this plan that when the dust settles and the bombs stop falling, they're going to partner with BlackRock to rebuild Ukraine. This is a a massively publicly traded company. I mean, it is a massive company. They are publicly traded. They've got over, what, $8.68 trillion in assets in more than 100 countries. Now, the chairman of BlackRock is a guy named Tom Donilon. Now, Tom Donilon is Obama's former national security advisor. And now he works over at BlackRock. He's also by the way, Tom Donilon, a key advisor to Joe Biden. And he is now in charge of U.S.-China policy by the State Department. So you're going to notice a pattern. Tom Donilon's brother, Mike, is also a key advisor to President Joe Biden. He also works within BlackRock. By the way, Tom Donilon's wife used to work in the Biden White House and his daughter, Sarah, now works for the White House National Security Council. In other words, you've got very, very higher ups, high ups in BlackRock that also have big time ties to the Biden administration. And now magically, Ukraine is going to partner with BlackRock to rebuild their battered nation. Does anybody else find this odd or maybe convenient that Ukraine has partnered with this company full of Biden and Obama allies to to, to partner with? I mean, it's just, it's quite the coincidence, don't you think? It seems very convenient, doesn't it? I mean, the only thing missing here is Hunter Biden on the board of directors. We'll have to wait and see if that actually transpires. Now, current Biden National Security Advisor Brian Deese is a former executive from BlackRock. In other words, everywhere you go, it's kind of like the FBI. You know, we've been talking for the last several days about um, Twitter and and the FBI and how you have people from the FBI that jumped over to Twitter and people from Twitter that jumped over to the FBI. There is a lot of, I don't know, inbreeding stuff best way that I can I can phrase it. It's just, again, it's very swampy and, in my estimation, unseemly, and it seems very corrupt. So follow the bouncing ball. Follow the money, as they say. Biden sends billions of dollars to Ukraine as Ukraine battles Russia. Then, when the rebuilding begins, Ukraine partners with a company with massive ties to the president. 
a president, by the way, known for influence peddling. Now, many people are asking or, or screaming if this is a conflict of interest. Now, I would say that、uh, yeah, it, it matters. This is a story that matters. Now, the media will ignore this story. Hopefully, talk radio won't, and perhaps there's more layers to come. But another thing about BlackRock is that their CEO is all about sustainable investing. Now, if you don't know what that means, it basically means woke investments. Their investments are all about climate change and destroying the oil and gas industry. They're leaders in something called ESG investing. Now, if you don't know what ESG investing is, that means that their focus. Is on environmental, social, and governments. In other words, it's all about woke investing. But I am curious, though, if they rebuild Ukraine, are they going to use strictly solar power and wind turbines? Will there be enough energy for all that rebuilding from strictly clean energy sources? Of course not, because as we have found out. Across the country, and most certainly where I am in Middle Tennessee, we know that these "quote unquote" clean energy sources clearly not enough to keep the lights on. So now many people are asking this question or screaming again if this is a conflict of interest, and I would say that it is. By the way, here's another question: Is this the right company to handle? The rebuilding of Ukraine and the investments and so forth. Here's just a couple of headlines for you from the Free Beacon, FreeBeacon.com. Missouri pulls five hundred million dollars from BlackRock over the woke investments. See, it seems that Missouri was partnering with BlackRock, and guess what? Missouri sadly found out. Missouri sadly found out that those investments, those ESG investments, those woke investments from BlackRock, weren't really working out. As a matter of fact, the Washington Free Beacon further reports several Republican-led states have sought to cut business ties with BlackRock over its ESG push. With Louisiana earlier this month also saying that it would pull $794 million out of the company's funds. I mean, there's a lot of headlines that are out there that are talking about just this kind of situation. Here's another one: Attorney General Ken Paxton out of Texas demanding BlackRock account for its underperforming, potentially illegal ESG state pension fund investments. Anybody noticing a pattern here? How about this one from Bloomberg? How BlackRock lost 1.7 trillion dollars in six months. So the question is, with all that we're hearing and all that we're seeing from BlackRock, is this the right company to be partnering with as Ukraine tries to rebuild? I mean, again, I、uh, believe that that is、uh, an absolutely legit question. My question, and by the way, they say that again. That is an unprecedented amount of loss: one point seven trillion dollars. The loss of that amount of money, BlackRock. The headline from Bloomberg: BlackRock breaking the wrong kind of records. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this. If I'm Vladimir Zelensky and I am the leader, the president of one of the most corrupt nations in the world, and I'm thinking about companies to partner with as I try to rebuild my nation after I've been pummeled by Russia. Does he not Google BlackRock? Does he not look at this organization and look at these headlines and say, you know, maybe this isn't the right company to work with? Ah, but there is, of course, the question about all of those connections with the Democrats and the Biden administration. So, yeah, this whole thing does look crooked as all get out. And I'm going to sit back and see how much the mainstream media covers this partnership between Ukraine and BlackRock. And do they tie everything together? The corruption of BlackRock, the losses of BlackRock, the 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 very valid questions about their ESG investments and whether this really is the right company to partner with as Ukraine does try to rebuild. And will they put together the connections between BlackRock and the Biden administration? The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. As a driver, it's important to know the laws of the states you travel through. One example of this is in regard to tire chains. Not all states allow chains, but in some areas of the country, tire chains are required to be carried on commercial vehicles as early as September and as late as May. If you're going to be driving through a state that requires you to carry chains, make sure you're prepared with the proper size and number of chains needed for your vehicle, plus extra links. Regularly check the chains for broken hooks, worn or broken links, and bent or broken side chains. Know how to safely put chains on your vehicle's tires, and don't wait until the last minute to put them on. Pull over in a safe and level area, preferably a designated chain-up area. Wear reflective clothing to remain visible to other drivers. Make sure chains are snug but not tight, then check them regularly and retighten as needed. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Man, so much to talk about. Rand Paul and his Festivus report, he uh, came out with this a few days ago. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, I will play some just funny as all get out audio. But it's also infuriating at what your government and my government is spending money on. Rand Paul and the the stories behind his Festivus report. Why exactly is it that we're injecting beagles with drugs, by the way, dogs? Why are we injecting dogs with drugs? What is the whole point there? Or why exactly is it that we're trying to figure out and spending thousands of money trying to understand why it is that 
parrots, you know, birds, parrots, how they look for mates. That's all straight ahead. The Rand Paul and his Festivus report coming up after the bottom of the hour right here on Red Eye Radio. Again, the phone number is 866-907-3339. So I was talking in the previous hour about the return of COVID and um, how there's a lot of very scary headlines out there today. And one of the things that I, I find fascinating about what's going on in the world today specifically is about conversation and how suddenly there's something that is amazing that is going on right now on Twitter. There's this feature on Twitter, and it's called, I believe it's called Twitter Spaces. And what's happening is you have thousands of people that are going into these Twitter spaces. It's like this massive chat room on Twitter. And so you have... On, on one of them that I was monitoring earlier today, 15,000 people were either listening, had listened, had dropped in. And you know what they're doing? They're doing what Twitter wouldn't allow under the previous administration. And that was to discuss and debate all things COVID. Again, it's like a, an open line chat room. And thousands of people across the world are in these spaces, including, by the way, world-renowned scientists and epidemiologists. And that is critically important, right? I mean, especially now more than ever, as we're dealing with another situation regarding COVID. Now, you know that Elon Musk, of course, you know that he is extremely controversial, these days. And you know that he has really been going after uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I'm going to uh, replay some audio that I played in the first hour. This is uh, really some now infamous audio of Dr. Anthony Fauci claiming that an attack on him is an attack on science. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have Mm -hmm. been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people and there was pushback against me. Yeah. And and so, of course, uh, we know that Elon Musk in the news because you've got him now tweeting out. At Twitter, there was an actual internal Slack channel called the Fauci Fan Club. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, that was actually a thing within Twitter. A Slack channel. It's kind of like an internal communication. It was the Fauci Fan Club. And there's been an abundance of dialogue regarding, of course, gain-of-function research. And did you you know, U.S. taxpayers, did we actually pay for it when Fauci sent a grant to this EcoHealth Alliance who then sent that money to the Wuhan lab in China during the gain-of-function research? That is, of course, I believe, where COVID came from. And so when Dr. Anthony Fauci says that attacks on him are an attack on science, well, I, I don't believe that's the case. And so one of the things that Elon Musk tweeted out here in the last couple of days was that anyone who says that questioning them is questioning science itself cannot be regarded as a scientist. 
clearly an attack on Dr. Anthony Fauci. But see, I, I was saying that and people within talk radio were saying that for a long time. It was like, isn't the whole thing about science to get a, a, a second opinion, a third opinion, you know, peer reviews and that kind of a thing? He also tweeted out, Elon Musk also tweeted out that at Twitter, the new policy is to, yes, follow the science. And what that means is that includes reasoned questioning of the science. Now, you remember a couple of weeks ago, this is from the Daily Mail. Elon Musk two weeks ago tweeted this out. My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And uh, that, of course, went to a link, a Newsweek link. And it was an article titled Fauci was untruthful to Congress about the Wuhan lab and the research there in the lab. New documents appear to show. So it was interesting because you had all of these people that were hyperventilating about the fact that Musk tweeted out that his pronouns, pronouns were prosecute Fauci, and they virtually ignored the article that was attached. The Newsweek article, essentially proving that Fauci was untruthful to Congress about the Wuhan lab research. But nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody wants to attack Elon Musk for pointing this out. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Rand Paul's Festivus report was released a couple of days ago, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of people that look at the Festivus report. Rand Paul now does this uh, yearly. And you look at the amount of money that we are spending, the billions and billions of dollars in federal waste, and people look at the way the government is spending money, and then they look at the amount of taxes that they pay every single month, and you think, where is that money going? Well, Rand Paul has the answers. I've got the very funny audio coming up next on Red Eye Radio. First, though, I want to say hello to Rob calling from Michigan. Hey, Rob, thanks for calling in. Go ahead, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I uh, I just wanted to say that uh, in 1989, I heard an economist speak. His name was Anthony Sutton, and he talked about an FBI agent who wrote a book called The Naked Communist. And in that book, he had a goal, a list he called the goals of the communists. When I look at companies you were mentioning, BlackRock, who I'd never heard of until recently, that kind of fits in my opinion. It's I'm not, you know, God, I can't see everything, but uh, goal number 37 was infiltrate and gain control of big business. And we're seeing that here in Michigan, in my opinion. DT Energy is controlled by a communist. The uh, consumer's uh, energy is. And, of course, there are others. It looks like even Disney might be. Well, yeah, Disney, I mean, Disney really shanked it. I mean, there there are people that I know, because I'm, I'm a parent, and there's people I know who love Disney, 
But when Disney went completely and utter insanely woke, as they have here in the past year or two, people thought, you know what? We're not going to support that. I, I will tell you that I live in Middle Tennessee. I live in Nashville. And after Disney went completely woke, I'm thinking, you know what? I really love Dollywood and I can live the rest of my life without going to Disney because of the way that they have become so incredibly woke. And quite frankly, I believe that Dollywood is um, a lot better anyway. But uh, Rob in Michigan, I do appreciate the call. Rand Paul's Festivus report. It uh, aired a couple of days ago and uh, he talked about. Four hundred and eighty two billion dollars worth of federal waste grievances. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. It's only going to take 45 seconds, I promise. I have had problems with the government for years. I have been audited. I can't tell you how many times. And quite frankly, I am in the middle of yet another audit. And I don't want to go down the road of, gee, I wonder if it's because I am an outspoken conservative on the radio. I don't know if that's what it is. But I will tell you that this latest audit is so completely, blatantly off off base. And clearly, and I'm not going to get into the details, but I know for certain that I am right in this audit. But yet they are just continuing to go down this road. And so this goes back to when I was... 18 years old, and I was so incredibly broke that I was having to work multiple jobs. And stupid 18-year-old Dan Mandis didn't know that when you work multiple jobs, guess what happens? Well, you people that work multiple jobs probably know you work a bunch of different jobs and your income rises, but you may not be having the proper taxes taken out. Well, that's what happened to me. And of course, I take full responsibility for the mistake, but I've just, I've always had problems with my taxes. Some of these things were my fault. Some of these things were the fault of accountants, whatever. But the bottom line is when I look at my paycheck, and I know that a lot of you folks feel the same way. When you look at your paycheck, you think, good God, where is all this money going? And then you see what's going on with our economy and you see that there's so much money that is being wasted. And according to the latest uh, Festivus report by Rand Paul, $482 billion is being wasted. And for a lot of people, you probably would prefer not to know where your money's going. We found that they spent last year... $2.3 million injecting beagles with cocaine. It seems that they were curious, their researchers were curious, despite the pain they inflicted on these dogs, they were curious to know if cocaine causes adverse effects. Guess what? Read the newspaper. Read the news. Look at the addicts across our country. You think you need to inject beagles with cocaine to know that cocaine's a bad deal? So that was, of course, Rand Paul. Now, I look this up because when I hear these stories, I think, what? Why would anybody want to inject a a floppy-eared beagle with cocaine? Here's what they say. They say this is done, the uh, NIH, this is done for the sole purpose of ensuring that a new medication 
will be safe in people who are seeking treatment for cocaine use disorder and who may resume cocaine use while in treatment. According to, again, the NIH and, of course, the NIDA as well, they say it is important that a proposed new treatment does not increase the effect of the well-documented and potentially lethal cardiovascular effects of cocaine. So when you listen to the NIH and listen to the NIDA as to why exactly it is that they're doing this, I will be honest with you, I don't necessarily know if I buy their story. I'm sure that the truth is somewhere in the middle. But I think that when they get caught spending $2.1 million injecting beagles with cocaine, there better be a damn good excuse. I will let you decide for yourself whether or not that is a damn good excuse. But I will tell you, the optics are really terrible. What about this situation with parrots? You know, the birds. $700,000 was spent to study how male parrots attract their mate. Really? We've got people who go hungry in our country. We've got people that are trying to get out from behind poverty, and we're spending $700,000 studying how male parrots attract a female. You know, it is uh, interesting, too, because... When he he talked about that, I thought, what possible reason is it in our best interest to know why parrots find their mate? Why male parrots, as a matter of fact, find their mate? And, you know, I will tell you that this information is not readily available. I mean, I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I do wonder if the reason why it's so difficult to find is because they don't want people to know how absolutely ridiculous it is that we're trying to figure out why it is that male parrots look for their mates and how they look for their mates. And why on God's green earth are we spending that much money on this? And I'll tell you what, it doesn't make any sense. But this is what I was able to find out. The Department of Health and the Human Services granted Cornell University $689,222 to study social communication in parrots, studying patterns such as social outcomes, if they kiss, and how males make sexual advances. Now, I still don't really understand why. Why would they do this? They say, and some have said, the purpose of the study was to establish parrots as a model for human communication in neuroscience research and evaluate the extent to which how we behave and communicate is shaped by who we choose to hang out with every day. What? I'm sorry, but that is not a justification for, and I understand it's a drop in the bucket. But that is just silly. I will tell you that clearly how we behave and how we communicate is shaped by who we choose to hang out with every day. This is sage advice from our parents. You are who you hang out with. So to spend that kind of money on that is just absolutely silly. 
But again, these are the things that our government is spending money on. So when you look at your paycheck and you see how much is taken out of your paycheck, think about this. We spent $187,000 to study whether or not dogs help kids cope. Of course they do. Ask any pet owner. Any pet owner could have told you, and we would have saved the taxpayer $187,000. A study published shines a light on the powerful child-canine connection. It found that twice weekly sessions with a dog and its handler significantly lowered children's level of cortisol, the body stress hormone, which they measured through saliva samples. But see, to Rand Paul's point, we already know this. So there's no reason to spend this kind of money. And again, I I understand these are all drops in the bucket. But when you look at in totality, in total, you're talking about the Festivus report of $482 billion worth of federal waste grievances. I could do this every single day. There's so many examples. And I'll be honest with you, it would be funny if it wasn't so infuriating. We spent $118,000 to study if a metal replica, a robot of Marvel Comics' evil warlord Thanos could snap his fingers. $118,000, really. They apparently hired some dude to wear metal gloves... (laughs) and then try to snap his fingers. You know what? They found out that it's impossible to make a snapping sound with metal fingers. So robots of the world, be warned, it's hard to snap your fingers. The study, spearheaded by researchers at Georgia Tech, focused on the speed at which humans can snap their fingers, ultimately reporting that a finger snap produces the highest rotational accelerations observed in humans, even faster than the arm of a professional baseball pitcher. Despite deriving inspiration from Thanos, the study focused more broadly on the human finger snap, raising questions about why humans snap their fingers in the first place and whether other primates have the ability to do so. Isn't that just... You know, I, I wonder, there, there's a part of me that wonders, am I just not getting something? Is there something that I'm just not really understanding and maybe, you know, really smarter people in academia and government understand uh, more broadly why it is that we need to know these things? Because I really don't know. I don't really understand why we need to do this or why it is that our government chooses to waste $482 billion at the snap of a finger. Dan Mattis here. This is Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye is the phone number, 86690-73339. Dan Mand is here in for Gary and Eric. They return next week. And coming up after the uh, news, I'm going to play you some audio from MSNBC that literally you've got to hear to believe. But but here's just a little snippet. But when you're so magnified, it's hard to distinguish what you stand for and whether you're just magnified to the degree that people don't want. I mean, that is MSNBC at its finest when and I'm, I'm just going to sort of interpret when you're so magnified that you don't even know what you stand for or that people don't want it. What does that even mean? It's almost like they're channeling the brain of Joe Biden. But when you're so magnified, it's hard to distinguish what you stand for and whether you're just magnified to the degree that people don't want. You know, what I would say is that for people who are MAGA Republicans or conservatives, supporters of Donald Trump, supporter of Ron DeSantis, we know what magnified means. And, you know, the shame is that if you're a if you're a crony over there on uh, you know MSNBC or CNN you're you know part of the Democrat party the Democrat machine they look at being magnified as something that is derogatory i mean listen to the way that he frames this but when you're so magnified it's hard to distinguish what you stand for and whether you're just magnified to the degree that people don't want well i will tell you people who are magnified are proud to be magnified. We are proud of what we stand for. Midterm elections notwithstanding. But that is part of a bigger segment from MSNBC, again, that you've got to hear to believe. Stay close. My name is Dan Mattis. This is Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Are you magnified? I think a lot of you probably are, and you're probably proud that you are magnified. It is Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eyes, the phone number 866-907-3339. I gotta tell you that the quantum leaps that some of these jackholes uh, on the left have to go through to try and defend their president is stunning even to me. And I make my living, you know, sort of dissecting the media and and talking about the media and so forth. And so there's um, an an audio bite, or I guess it's a segment from MSNBC. I've pulled some audio bites from it. And their whole point is to talk about how bad Donald Trump is, which I, I find kind of fascinating because, at least to me, it looks like Donald Trump more than likely will not be actually running in 2024. And I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. But they keep going after Donald Trump and trying to paint this broad brush that every Republican, every conservative is 
you know, a supporter of Donald Trump, the man, as opposed to being a supporter of Donald Trump, the policies. And so when you have people on the left and some of these folks on uh, MSNBC, like Ari Melber, who uses the term magnified as a pejorative, as an insult to Republicans, when I would say, you know what, if you want to say that I'm magnified because I appreciate, you know, the things that Donald Trump brought to the table back in 2016, so be it. But I want you to listen to part of this segment. This is Ari Melber, and he's talking to a couple of the cronies over there at NBC. And they're talking about Donald Trump, and they're talking about Republicans, and and they're talking about the investigations. The investigations that will will, uh, no doubt be coming as the Republicans take over the House of Representatives in January. And you know, because you listen to Red Eye and you listen to talk radio, that when the investigators uh, there in the Republican Party, when when the Republicans say that they're going to investigate Hunter Biden, well, you know what that means. It's not just Hunter Biden, but it also has to do with Joe Biden. It has to do with the president of the United States and influence peddling. But one of the things that the media is trying to do, and I'm going to ask you to listen for it here. One of the things that the media is trying to do is say, well, the Republicans want to investigate Hunter Biden. He's just a, a drug addict who likes hookers. With a very bizarre penchant to either videotape, record or take pictures of everything that he does, which is really creepy. But he's also a very stupid individual because he is so incredibly careless. But the Democrats in the media want you to think that the Republicans are going after Hunter Biden when in reality, the Republicans are on record as saying, no, it's about Joe Biden. But this is actually a segment that aired on MSNBC. Yeah, when you look ahead and you talk about Biden and sort of the paradox that the midterms revealed late in the year is that Joe Biden's not super popular in any particularly measurable way. Um, But he is a steady, trusted alternative um, to what you both have outlined here, which is the the magnified Republican Party. I know, Che, that you're a big fan of DeBrat, who used to talk about so functified um, when something is very funky. But when you're so magnified, it's hard to distinguish what you stand for and whether you're just magnified to the degree that people don't want it even though again i'm careful to point out because we deal in facts that biden's not super popular and the democrats uh, depending on how you ask the question we're not super popular uh, i say that by way of how far they have to reach to go after biden which is to go after um one of his family members who's a not president b it's not classy and c best we understand it um, Hunter Biden has some real problems, personal problems, um, documented drug addiction problems. And I just don't know how that plays with the rest of America when you take someone who's not a combatant and has these problems and you make it about them. I want to show you a clip from the first. It's not random. The first press conference that was held after the Republican uh, caucus won the House. Now, I want to make sure before they play the audio that you understand what he just did, what Ari Melber just did. What he did was he set up the segment talking about this notion of Republicans and they're magnified and therefore trying to tie all Republicans to Donald Trump. When remember, 
Ari Melber said that they're on MSNBC. They deal in facts. That's what he said. Well, if MSNBC actually dealt in facts, they would know that there is poll after poll after poll that shows that Republicans are gravitating towards Ron DeSantis. But don't let the facts get in the way of a good narrative is what I would say to Ari Melber, because it is clear they're not really dealing with facts. They're dealing more with narrative. So that's number one. Number two, he has set up this piece trying to say that the Republicans are going after Hunter Biden and solely Hunter Biden because of his drug addictions and his pension for hookers and the bizarre way that he likes to tape everything that he does. Forget about all of the accusations and all of the data and all of the emails and the actual witnesses that said that there is influence peddling going on within the Biden family crime syndicate. So now they cut to what I would say is a very, very, very misleading edit of the very first press conference that House Republicans held when they realized, when it was finally official, that they had taken over the House of Representatives. Numerous schemes involving the Biden family reviewed Hunter Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden's business deals. Hunter Biden isn't this innocent guy. We're not trying to prove Hunter Biden is a bad actor. Realize and notice all of this is about Hunter Biden. They're pulling all of these audio bites. It's a, it's a supercut, as they say. It's a, it's a bunch of edit, edits together, and it's the Republicans mentioning Hunter Biden. He is the evidence that's already out there uh, pertaining to Hunter Biden. If we can keep it about Hunter Biden, this is kind of a big deal, we think. If we can keep it about Hunter Biden, well, that would be great. Uh, Chair, I'm curious what you think that says about sort of that forward-looking Uh, and policy chops of this incoming House majority. So there you go. Now, realize that Ari Melber, MSNBC, or I think they're really earning the uh, moniker BSNBC because it is abundantly clear that even though they say that they deal in facts, they're actually not. Because I happen to know, because I watched that press conference live, that there was all kinds of mention of Joe Biden and the accusations against Joe Biden. That cut was all about Hunter Biden. And what they're trying to say, what they're trying to convey is that Joe Biden wasn't even mentioned in that press conference when he actually was. This was like... A, a, a nine to 12 minute um, press conference where the Republicans and Representative James Comer announced the investigation into Hunter Biden and his father, the president. In what very much looks like compelling evidence that the president was up to no good with his son and his brother. But it is Joe that is going to be their focus. And they said that a number of different times. To be clear, 
Joe Biden is the big guy. This evidence raises troubling questions about whether President Biden is a national security risk and about whether he is compromised by foreign government. The Bidens flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. The SARS show that Hunter Biden was conducting business with suspected human traffickers. We want to know what the Biden administration is trying to hide from the American people and why they are not being transparent. And the president's participation in enriching his family is, in a word, abuse of the highest order. Rooting out waste, fraud, and abuse will be the primary goal of a Republican House Oversight Committee. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. Conspiracy or defrauding the United States? Wire fraud. Conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. So I'm a little confused because what I just played for you was absolute reality. What MSNBC played on their airwaves was a complete misrepresentation of what actually happened at that press conference. But remember, MSNBC deals in facts. Comer, of course, the incoming chair of the House Oversight Committee, Jim Jordan, probably going to chair the uh, Judiciary Committee. During that press conference, they said that Adam Schiff has destroyed the credibility of the House Oversight Committee with all of those Trump investigations. Comer says that he is going to keep the American people updated with absolute concrete findings, which Schiff never did. All he did was innuendo and falsehoods. So after James Comer took to the microphone, it was Jim Jordan's turn. And let me tell you something. This is a man on a mission. So I would just start with this question. What part of Mr. Comer's presentation was Russian disinformation? Nothing. There is nothing about that that presentation that was Russian disinformation. Now, we all remember that letter that provided Biden cover to say, oh, yeah, we have these these dozens of former intelligence officials from both parties saying this is nothing but Russian disinformation. Talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. It gave the president something to say, gave the president cover during the debate at this time to discredit the laptop story. So the media, we all know, was culpable in this cover-up, as well as social media. Finally, as you know, and this has been a big part of the news cycle lately, everybody in the mainstream media, by and large, for the most part, had to admit that the laptop story was real. Of course, it was well after the 2020 election. So I would just start with this question. What part of Mr. Comer's presentation was Russian disinformation? I mean, never forget what happened on October 19th, 2020, 15 days before the most important election we have in our country. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? 15 days before that, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper and 49 other people signed a letter that said the following. It is for these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President, Biden, uh, Bi- Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. That's right. Turned out not to be true. And so when you have the, the folks over there at MSNBC and, you know, out of the mainstream media, very anti-Donald Trump, very anti-conservatives, very anti-Republican. And how do they do that? How do they continue to portray the same narrative over and over and over again of these magnified Republicans?
by misrepresenting facts, which is what they did with that cut of the press conference regarding Joe Biden and his Hunter son, his son Hunter. And so the more that the Democrats realize that they are the ones that everybody's looking at right now because of the way that they they obfuscate the truth, because of the way that they hid Joe Biden in the basement during the election and how they did everything they could to hide the lies of Joe Biden while they continue to attack Republicans. And now they know Republicans understand exactly what the Democrats have been up to. And now when you look at the whole Twitter file discussion, the world also knows that the Democrats, the FBI, the Biden administration, all the and the mainstream media, as I pointed out last night, all of them colluded to attack Donald Trump and conservatives. So all of this information is now known. If you want to say that Republicans are, quote unquote, magnified, well, that's all fine and well. I would say that part of being magnified is being really pissed off. 866-90-RED-EYES, the phone number, 866-907-3339. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. I thought this was funny. Now, I will tell you that I am a guy who, in my, my uh, real life, you know, my uh, my day job, if you will, I'm a morning show host in Nashville on Super Talk 99.7 WTN, 6 to 10 Eastern, 5 to 9 Central. I'm also the uh, radio station's program director, and as such, I get the phenomenal honor of hiring people. And oftentimes these people are really young. Well, really young, says the guy who just turned 55. Uh, You know, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old, just trying to get their bones in the radio business. And one of the things that I have noticed is that, and this is not a reflection on any one person that works for me in particular, but I do wonder if you've noticed the same thing. That the younger generation, you know, like Generation Z, they have a hard time communicating on the phone. Have you noticed this? Now, I don't want to turn this into a Gen Z bashing session. And by the way, if you don't know what Gen Z is, it's uh, right now Generation Z is uh, age 10 to 25. And they have been texting for so long that they actually don't know how to speak on the phone. They don't know how to talk on the phone. And I believe that this is something that is infecting, you know, not only folks that are, you know, Gen Z, 10 to 25, but a little bit older than that as well. Have you noticed that? 866-90-RED-EYE. There is a woman who has now been dubbed the phone lady that actually charges $480 an hour to help Generation Z staffers overcome their fear of microaggressions, otherwise known 
as talking on the phone. I kid you not. There are people who are working for corporations who have such a fear of talking on the phone, they consider it a microaggression. So now you've got companies who are hiring the walking dead known as Generation Z and paying really good money to teach them to talk on the phone. Are you kidding me? This is a real story. This is not from the onion. And let me tell you something. If this whole you know radio thing doesn't work out after, what, now 35 years, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to teach the... Uh, Walking Dead Generation, Generation Z, how to talk on the phone. She is, Mary Jane Copps has coached 15,000 workers on how to communicate properly. She charges $480 an hour for one-on-one coaching sessions, $365 for 30-minute webinars, and $3,500 a day for corporate workshops. She says that young workers grew up primarily texting, so lacking the experience of talking on the phone is something they do consider a microaggression, and they actually have something that has been deemed phone phobia. Phone phobia. And they do deem surprise phone calls as an act of aggression. So, you know, when when people call me up or send me emails and and the like, and and this kind of thing comes up and they tell me, you know what? I don't like to hire younger people, folks that are Generation Z up to the age of 25, because they're just – they're full of phobias and they think that everything is an act of aggression or a microaggression. This is one of those stories. Unflippin' believable. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening. Want to say hello to Dan calling from Colorado on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm doing quite well, Dan. Um, When you were talking about Joe Biden, I could not help but be reminded of an old adage it definitely describes old Lunch Bucket Joe, our current president. It's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Well, you know, with Joe, it's, it's, uh, it is no doubt that he has opened his mouth many times and left absolutely no doubt that he is a fool. And, you know, the funny thing is, and Dan, I appreciate the call. The funny thing is with Biden, and then I'm going to move on, but... It is absolutely stunning that they do allow him to go in front of the microphones as often as he does, knowing full well what's going to happen. By the way, very quickly, did you see what Elon Musk said the other day? 
Boy, do I disagree with uh, Elon Musk because he says, and and I thought this was, um, I thought this was something that was a little off-putting, to be honest with you. But he says it's time for Donald Trump. Elon Musk said this. He said it's time for Donald Trump to sail into the sunset. And then he issued a warning to Democrats. So there's a lot of people that say, you know, yay for Elon Musk. He is clearly a conservative. He is clearly a Republican. I don't think that's true. Now, he's come out and he said that Ron DeSantis is his guy. But I think that Elon Musk is very much of a free thinker. But this is a story from, uh, let's see, the Associated Press. Quote, tweeting a video of Donald Trump's speech where he called Elon Musk a BS artist, the world's richest person, said it's time for the former president to hang up his hat and sail off into the sunset. Now, at the time, Musk said that he doesn't hate Donald Trump. When probed further on this by a Twitter follower, Musk rationalized that Donald Trump would be 82 at the end of the term if he was elected as president in the 2024 polls. The age, according to Musk, would be too old to lead the United States. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm not about term limits. I'm not about, um, you know, saying that somebody should not be allowed to uh, run for president past a certain age, because you and I both know that regardless as to how you feel about Donald Trump, There's a lot of you right now that are listening, and I don't want to start taking calls on Trump versus DeSantis. I've been there, done that, and so have you. But what I would say is that you listen to Trump and his his cognitive his cognitive facilities. They are all there. I mean, there is no problem whatsoever with Donald Trump's cognitive abilities at all. Now, you compare that to Joe Biden. And we all know that the the current president has major issues. But Donald Trump, you may not like what he has to say. You think that he remains a bull in a china shop. You may think, what the hell was he thinking when he said that there is going to be a big announcement and it turned out to be the sale of these NFTs? Say what you will about the president and his strategy. He is all there cognitively. And so for Elon Musk to say that Trump needs to sail into the sunset because of his age, I just think that Elon Musk is absolutely wrong. But I think there's a lot of other things to talk about as it relates to the president of the United States, former president of the United States. However, I don't need to go down that road this evening. Now, here's the other thing that I find interesting. I was just in the previous segment. Hopefully you heard it. There is a woman out there, and and she makes her living, and a very good living, over teaching Generation Zers how to talk on the phone, which is absolutely stunning. But what she says is that, yeah, these uh, the younger generation has spent so much time speaking on the phone, uh, so much time texting and not speaking on the phone, that... When they go into the workplace, they don't know how to speak on the phone. So corporations are spending big money to hire this woman to teach them phone protocol. And so it it got me to thinking, because Generation Z, their age is uh, 10 to 25 right now. And it dovetails into the story about the coddling of Americans, the coddling of the younger generation, the everybody gets a trophy types. And there is indeed a war on merit. 
in America about equity and how everybody, a lot of people on the left, people in the media, they want everything to be not about merit, but about equity, where everyone is treated the same regardless as to how much work they put in or how smart they are. The headline from One American News Network, a Virginia high school is accused of sabotaging students' access to scholarships in the name of equity. Now, this is going to be a story that sounds probably oh so familiar to you. Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Alexandria, Virginia, is under fire from parents for allegedly not notifying them of academic honors due to equity. Here's the thing. Fairfax County parents, again, in Virginia, they are absolutely outraged after learning that they were not formally notified that their kids received the National Merit Recognition. Students who take the PSAT or the PRESAT and rank in the top 3% in the nation get this highfalutin recognition. That recognition opens up doors to scholarships and boosts college acceptance chances. And all in the name of equity, this high school didn't tell these students or their parents that they graduated or that they scored in the top 3% of the PSATs because of equity. So basically, the students who worked really hard and studied really hard did their homework. And yes, some parents probably even, oh, the whore, paid for their kids to get tutoring were denied the fruits of their hard work and their labor because the school kept the scores quiet because they didn't want other kids who didn't score so well to feel badly. That is really what this school is accused of. Listen to this. Equity. In fact, one of the administrators said this. We want to recognize students for who they are as individuals, not focus on their achievements, claiming that the principal didn't want to hurt the feelings of the students who did not get the award. Are you kidding me? See, that's what it's all about. It is all about feelings. Nothing more than feelings for the people on the left. And so on uh, One American News Network, they had on a parent, Azra Nomani. And her kid, her son, did achieve these high scores, scoring in the top 3% on the PSATs. But she had no idea until it was too late. You know what they finally told this woman? They finally told her two years after the test was taken that her son scored in the top 3%. By that time, it was already too late to take advantage of the really high score. We are facing a war on merit, and we need to end the war on merit. We need to let kids thrive. What has happened is that my son's freshman year, this new principal showed up by the name of Ann Bonitatavis, and so she brought with her this so-called equity agenda. And it has now, unbeknownst to us, expressed itself in the denial of these awards to kids Throughout her entire tenure. Yeah, see, here's the thing. So, and this all comes down, I believe, to to race, which is incredibly racist on the other side. Because I'm all about, if you are the best, regardless of your skin color, regardless of anything else, if you are the best and you put all the work in, then you deserve the fruits of your labor. 
But I think part of where they're going with this is the top 3%, they're all a bunch of white kids and they don't really deserve it because, well, you know, equity. You know, there are tens of millions of dollars in scholarships that kids can actually get if they're in the top 3% of these PSATs, of this testing. So if the fact that the scores of these kids are not acknowledged or they're not communicated to the parents, then they do miss out on those scholarships. And it is a wasted opportunity for those students that have put in a massive amount of work. It has cost kids tens of thousands of dollars in their own individual lives. And I think across our five years, it's probably cost, you know, upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars for these individual families. But let's not forget, you get a little pat on the back that you put in your LinkedIn profile. An internship coordinator looks at it. A scholarship committee looks at it. An admissions committee looks at it. And these kids are unfortunately in the target of activists who want to bring down our best and brightest in the dumbing down of America. Yeah, that, that, that is exactly right. Azra Nomani, by the way, she I don't know if she still is, but she used to work for The Wall Street Journal. And she writes pieces here and there. But her son was absolutely robbed of those opportunities. And we've heard the stories of, of how they're doing away with the honor roll. They're doing away with higher education courses. We've heard the stories of the fact that the left and these radicalized school boards are doing away with the valedictorian and the kings and queens at proms. It's just a way not only to dumb down America, but literally to encourage kids not to excel. I just published a piece today in which I documented a $600,000 nine-month contract in which the school district is bringing in a consultant, like school districts are doing all across the country. And this particular consultant is selling this idea of equal outcomes for every kid. So around the country, what you have to watch out for is this new term called equitable grading. And what it means is that the kid just shows up, they get a 50%. They don't get a zero anymore. They're getting rid of Ds and Fs because what is it again? It's not that we're bringing the bar up, we're bringing it down. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the dumbing down of America. Equitable grading. And again, you're listening to the voice of a very angry mom whose son was robbed of an opportunity because he excelled. And the school... They didn't want him to know that he excelled. They didn't want him to get those scholarships and those attaboys and all of the rest of the accoutrements of his high score on his PSATs because of equity. Now, what is equitable grading? You've got to hear this. Perhaps some of you already know. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. It's all about radicalized school boards. It's all about woke school boards. It is all about the dumbing down of America. And this isn't just in these radicalized public schools. No, this is also happening, as you more than likely know. This is also happening in private schools as well. What is equitable grading and how can it affect your kids? The story coming up, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio, 86690-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Hey, uh, real quickly, coming up, after the uh, top of the hour news and what have you, a really tragic and uncomfortable story with an even more uncomfortable question. A mom has been shot and killed by her 10-year-old son. And you know what she did to raise his ire? She wouldn't buy him a new VR headset. And so I read that story, and all kinds of things come to mind. And one of them is, okay, what led up to that tragic event? We're going to talk about that coming up here on Red Eye Radio. Talking right now, just very briefly, about the situation where we're finding out in schools all across the country that what they're doing is they're taking part now in something called equitable grading. And so it's all about equity. It's all about uh, punishing success. And what the story was, the very specific story that I've been sharing with you, is this uh, this parent in Virginia who found out that her son was uh, within the top 3% on the PSATs, but the school, Thomas Jefferson High School, didn't notify the parent. And because the parent wasn't notified, the kid lost out on all kinds of scholarships. And this is happening all across the country, from what I understand. And so now you ask the school and they'll say, well, it's because of equity. And when you hear that, all kinds of things come to mind, including the fact that it's clearly not fair. It's not fair to the kids and the parents who work really, really hard to do the right thing and study. Now, coming up next, I do have a very busy next hour, including your calls at 866-90-RED-EYE. One of the things you have to ask is, okay, so are you doing the kids a disservice who these groups are theoretically trying to protect with this equitable grading? And what is equitable grading? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've got the details straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 